Hi everyone, I'm Elisa and this is Simple Intentions, a podcast focusing on a variety of health and wellness topics to help you live a happier, healthier, more intentional life. Join me as I interview a variety of health and wellness specialists who share their knowledge and some fantastic tips on how we can better ourselves and live a life of intention. Hey guys, welcome to Simple Intentions, the very first episode. I'm your host, Elisa, and I'm so excited to be here today and to bring you this interview with Samantha Ellis, focusing on what we should consider when making those first steps to living a healthier life. Samantha is a nutritionist and a personal trainer with her own business, More Than Fitness. She originally had a career in the corporate world, however, decided to follow her passion in health and fitness after she experienced some poor fitness and diet advice and her body hit a bit of a low. She decided to make a change in her life for the better and learnt from science-based evidence how to nourish her body and brain with what they need to keep her working at her very best. She loves to bring this knowledge and experience to her clients and make sure that they receive the right advice for their own personal goals. So let's get stuck right in with Sam sharing her story. So look, I've always loved fitness and health and fitness and always kind of looked after myself. I was, I was a little bit chubby as a kid, so I got picked on at school, mm-hmm. got a bit bullied. Um, so I did, I was always going to the gym and working out and all that kind of stuff. And it was after I'd had my second baby that I thought, oh, I'm going to do something for myself. And so I got a trainer, I got a personal trainer. And um, that kind of changed my life really, because I just, I felt, like, I felt completely in love with it. And, uh, you know, got some really great personal goals achieved so I did half a marathon and you know I, I you know I, I lost some weight and felt really good about myself but I suppose the flip side of that was uh, I was working full-time and and the flip side of that was that I probably took it too far so I ended up losing too much weight oh uh, so you took it too far you were too committed yeah so I was on a high protein low carbohydrate diet that was what yeah. was recommended to me initially so it's all about watching your high carbohydrates and and I was running a lot so I was running probably you know and it's okay if you're a runner if you want to run and and but as long as you're getting your energy and you you know maintaining a good diet and, and whatnot but um so I couldn't stop losing weight so I stopped my, my period stopped oh, wow. um yeah, so when my period stopped for about nine months and I'd been to a couple of GPs about that. They were like, oh, it'll come back and don't worry about it. And so at the time I was running about 40, 40 kilometres a week. I was on a high-protein, low-carbohydrate diet, as I mentioned. Was that because that was what was recommended to you, you know, focused on not having This is what I've been told. This yeah. is how I'm going to look good or not even look good. This is how I'm going to feel better about myself. Um, you know, this is what a professional had told me, right? So I was like, yes. yeah, this is what I will do. Um, and I was eating based on what I know now, I was eating very low amounts of fat as well. So I really was just driving like a a really, really high protein diet, which is not recommended. You don't really need a lot of protein in your diet. It's about 15, 25% of your diet is protein based. Protein is great for for muscles and muscle recovery, but it's not, it it takes a lot to digest. So people say, oh, look, have protein because it keeps you full for longer and your body will work really hard to digest it. But there's flip sides of that too, which for me, towards the end of my, you know, that, that kind of that journey for me. So I was having, you know, really bad gut issues and I had, I had thrush for 12 months. So I had chronic thrush for 12 months, which I put down to, you know, my gut, gut issues, indigestion, no period, no energy, moody, uh, no patience with my children. And I was a lack of sleep. Like I I was training really hard, but I would be getting up at 4am in the morning, broken sleep, couldn't get back to sleep. So it all kind of come to a head one day and I realised that I was probably quite unwell. 
Hmm. And I left the corporate world because that obviously wasn't what wasn't helping. That was kind of high stress and being a single mum, it was all a bit too much. Yep. And decided, oh, you know what, I could do training. Why don't I be a trainer? So then I started my personal training certificate where I learned some interesting things about diet and exercise and training. Uh, but it was really when I decided to do my graduate diploma in nutrition through Deakin University that my life changed. So everything that I had learnt in the fitness industry in regards to diet, I just completely changed it. So I went instantly wow. went, carbs are my friend. So um, <laughs> Saturday, so carbohydrates are your friend. They do make the brain work. They do make the body work. And based on how much training I was doing, the recommended intake, kilojoule intake, and the output, so the energy outputs and my, ex, so my exercise and my working out was completely off kilter. Yeah. So there was, it was very clear there was a reason why I had all these health issues. I saw another GP and um, said to her, you know, I've left the industry, I've left, you know, corporate and I'm going to do this. And I said I hadn't had a period for nine months. And the first thing she said to me was, right, right, let's go and get yourself a bone density scan because not having a period has got detrimental effects as well for, for well-being for, for females, which um, bone density is very important, particularly as you're getting a little bit older, osteoporosis and all that kind of stuff. So... And, you know, likelihood of fractures and all that kind of thing, which it's sometimes quite hard to come back from. Anyway, yeah. so, yeah, my diet changed, my outlook changed, what I, how I was training was changed. And I just become super passionate about people doing more than just exercise. And I suppose that's where More Than Fitness came from. For me, yes. it is about being healthy and movement and exercise and training. But there's more. There's more. It's about, you know, mental health. It's about what you eat and how you eat. And if you're hungry, eat worry about oh but I've just eaten two hours ago and I shouldn't be eating and that's not what the trainer said and what about my diet and yeah and I think that you know there was calorie counting and you know there was apps and there was measuring of food and you know how much exercise am I going to do today and what does that mean and how much protein should I eat and I can't have carbohydrate and if I eat a piece of fish that's really fatty and just exhausting it's very very exhausting and it's unhealthy mentally as well so physically emotionally mentally and I think, you know, life is really hard generally, particularly the last 12 months. We've all, you know, mental yes. health is, is critical. And I think that you can beat yourself up worrying yeah. about what you eat. And, 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 and also, too, that really comes down to it. Like, you know, if you're not eating well and you don't have a well-balanced diet, that also affects how you feel mentally. And, and um, I guess it also affects your relationship uh, with food. Like you sort of think that absolutely. food is your enemy and it's, you can get so much from food. You want to have a good good relationship with your food and you want to enjoy your food as well. Absolutely. And I think that that's key. I think if you want to eat a cake, and I say that to my people when I'm training them, if you want to eat a piece of cake, eat a piece of cake. You know, you don't eat cake every day and you wouldn't eat cake three times a day. But if your body, if you if you want a piece of cake and, you've, you know, you've trained and just have a piece of cake. Yeah. So, that you know, we obviously, there is a big problem with the amount of food that we are consuming. Uh-huh. So, you know, before we started recording, we did talk a little bit about obesity and I did, one of the subjects I did was obesity prevention. And that was a huge eye-opener for me in regards to educating people and what people understand is, is healthy and, and not healthy. So I think that's a big issue socially. People struggle and it's not that they struggle with food. They struggle with what they do with food. And, I, and I, you know, social media is, is dangerous mm. I've also kind of gone through all my people who I follow on social media and I now choose the people I want to follow based on, you know, the information that they provide. 
how how did you do that though and I mean how do you recommend that for others as well you know say that you know you're someone that wants to get fitter healthier in 2021 but you're following all these you know Instagram models all these influencers there's a lot of content out there that might not necessarily be right for you how do you know who to follow and who do you take inspiration from so I think if you really want to look, if, you know, if you've, if it, it really depends on what it is that you want to achieve. So if you're, you know, always health professionals, I'm always, you know, health professionals are key. So your GP yeah. is a great person yeah. to start with. So if you've, if you've got a massive journey ahead of you and you really want to shift some major weight and get healthy, GPs are great to start with to make sure that you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, and then I would definitely be consulting a, um, a qualified nutritionist or a dietitian before I went to social media. And there are some really great, I, I follow some great nutritionists uh, and dietitians on social media, but I always look at kind of their credentials at the top of their profile, if they're accredited or registered. And then I have a look through some of their posts and I suppose for myself, I know what I'm looking for, but I think people who don't know where to start, I would start with a professional, start with someone who knows what they're talking about. Trainers are great for exercise and some general tips, but if they don't have the nutritional background I would be very mindful of, of kind of what they're telling you and again it's based on your goals if you go to someone and say I want to lose five kilos in five weeks it can be done but if you're looking at a long-term long-term life goals and just a really healthy balanced outlook in life and want to be healthy and and feel good and put the right stuff in your mouth and feel good about it and don't be full of guilt it's a marathon it's not a sprint and I know that's a bit of a cliche but it really is it really is true so it does take it's definitely a long-term approach mm-hmm. but saying that there are some quick little life hacks that you can do which which I've kind of incorporated in my day-to-day but it is about making change and change not change is not easy it's it's definitely not easy it's very it's very challenging but it comes down to, to health and and well-being and we are all aging a lot you know our, and this is something I recently learned another one of my subjects was healthy aging we're all living longer yeah. um, which I know we're all living longer but we're all living longer with chronic disease so we're still getting diagnosed with chronic disease at a certain age and now we're just living with chronic disease it's not a quality not a quality life it's not a quality life and it it does really come down to you know things like the australian dietary guidelines and i know people kind of roll their eyes and say they don't know what they're talking about but you know they're really based on decades and you know 200 years of research and scientific evidence and so they're a go-to for me and i have a look at what you know they they say and yeah that's where that's where i go for my information scientific evidence Credible sources, educated people. Social media is a minefield. It's it's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. yeah, especially as now there are a lot of social influencers that don't necessarily have credentials, but are promoting products that companies may have given to them for say like sponsored ads. And there can be quite a lot of power in those posts. It's always hard to judge, I guess, where the right place is to start. And it's great to hear you say we should seek professional opinion as a starting point. So in terms of what we're eating and how much we're exercising, how do you know what is the right amount for both and when we're not doing enough or potentially too much? Yeah, so it really is all around, uh, and this is very simplified and it's not a simple, it's not, it's not simple, but uh, yeah. it really is around energy in, energy out. So it really yeah. does depend on how much energy you're consuming and then yes. how much energy you're, you're burning. So yeah. you will have um, your basal metabolic rate, which is basically 
the energy that you burn based on a normal functioning human being. So that's based on your beating of your heart, making your lungs work, digestion. So that's that's a baseline as to, okay, I need to eat this much calories per day or kilojoules per day yep. in order to, to level out based on what my body needs to do. And then you've got your energy on top of that. So your exercise and, you know, pretend, depending on whether or not you're doing moderate exercise or you're doing vigorous exercise, mm-hmm. you'll need to make sure that you're getting enough kilojoules or energy from that food to replenish the output. So the first thing I would probably suggest, again, is see a, is see a professional. So your GP could probably help you with that. Otherwise, definitely a nutritionist or a dietitian can help you decipher how many kilojoules you need to consume per day to lead a, a healthy, healthy life. And then based on, you know, doing nothing, just functioning. So sleeping, eating, breathing, all that kind of stuff. And then based on your physical activity, so your output, whether it be yoga, dancing, marathon running, how many kilojoules or what kind of energy you need to consume Mm-hmm. to make sure that you're you're staying healthy and you're basically burning off what you're putting in. And then if you're looking at shifting the weight, you'd obviously need to burn off more than what you're consuming. Because it's not always just about just like hitting the gym as hard as you can. Like there are a whole heap of different, you know, as you're saying, like yoga, dance, whatever it is. It's not just about yes. I'm going to sign up to the gym and I'm going to go to the gym every day and this is, that's what I'm going to do. And your body and your body needs to regenerate and it needs to heal. So this is also something else I did learn along the way that, you know, you need to rest your body and it can be very difficult. I I find that quite challenging to rest your body. And I do tend to work out, you know, five times a week, but I I do try and have two days of rest. When I say two days, I like to go for a walk or, you know, hang out with my kids and kick a ball, you know, something that's, so there's still movement going on, but I won't go, you know, and and, and cycle for for half an hour and and really sweat it out. I just want to try and, you know, heal my muscles and make sure, you know, because that affects for me, if I train too hard, I don't sleep very well. So again, it's also listening to your body and really listening to what your body needs to remain healthy. The Australian guidelines are 30 minutes a day and that 30 minutes a day is based on movement. So it could be a walk, it could be a run, it could be yoga, gardening, but that's kind of the aim. It doesn't have to be 30 minute blocks, you know, so if you've got a lunch break, get off your chair, your, you know, from your, mm. from your desk, kind of mentality that we all have oh, i'll start really early and then i'll finish early but then you tend to you know go home and have wine and which is great go home have a wine watch some telly but there's no movement going on so the 30 minutes can be split up throughout the day and then the other you know and that's kind of like a high level type this is what we should be aiming for and then when we get we dig a bit further and get more granular it's around moderate activity so we're looking at around 150 to 300 minutes per week of moderate activity Mm-hmm. Or when you've got vigorous activity, it's 75 minutes to 150 minutes a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's based on the Australian guidelines of, of kind of our physical activity. Because unfortunately, we're all becoming a little bit sedentary. So yeah. that means we're not yeah. very much. And obesity is, is, is definitely a, a problem. It's worldwide. It's, it's definitely a worldwide issue now, not just for adults, but also for children. And it's, you know, we're really starting to see the effects of that with the younger generation. So, you know, chronic disease is, is unfortunately creeping in younger and younger. So things like type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, that's becoming more evident in the younger generations because of the increase of obesity, which is very, very sad. So generally chronic disease is going to come on later on in life. means that it's kind of creeping in at a, uh, a much younger age, which is a, a worry. 
Yeah, mm. definitely. So you mentioned children there and obesity. As a family, are there certain foods that we should be avoiding or are there, say, better alternatives as a starting point when deciding to start living a healthier lifestyle? So I did a blog on food swaps. So, you know, I never like to talk about stuff that I don't know myself or I haven't experienced yes. myself. So I did 10 top food swaps and that's basically just stuff that I'd swapped out very early on to be healthier in my yes. diet. One of the big ones that people may not think about but are quite easy to swap out and again, I'm not trying to simplify it. It can be quite challenging to make changes. I would say, again, it's about a mar- it's not a it's 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 a long term thing. So small yes. adaptations along the way can do term. And I would say as well on, on top of that is just to keep it simple. So if I had to think about three things that I would potentially do, the first one would be fizzy drink. I know that soft drink and fizzy drink is kind of like, oh, we all talk about it, but it's a real problem. Particularly in Australia, we have a big problem with with soft drinks. Because unfortunately, what we tend to do is there's so many, there's so much, there's so much sugar and kilojoules in, in a soft drink that we tend to just drink it and it doesn't fill us up. So we continue, and it's a little bit like the energy in, energy out. So if you're drinking your soft drink when you're having your, your burger and, and whatnot, you're basically just drinking kilojoules and you're not burning. That's that's not going anywhere. It's not filling you up. So I'd say fizzy drink is a big one. You know, if you're used to having a, a fizzy drink every night with dinner or you'll come mm. home and you have a you have lunch. It can be really hard to shift that. So I would say, you know, start, keep it simple and and start small steps. With small steps, you're more likely to be able to maintain it and reach a certain goal as opposed to saying, right, that's it. I'm giving it up a little bit like alcohol. Alcohol is what was going to be my next one. Alcohol is full of kilojoules. So, but you know, we all love a bit of a wine. I don't drink personally, but you know, that's a personal choice that I made a couple of years ago. I I used to love my wine being a mum. Kind of what got me through the, the the pivotal moment for me one day was my, my daughter said to me well mommy you drink a lot of wine don't you and I was like well oh, this is not very good and I do remember and again it's personal it's a personal thing for me I remember I was at work one day it was a Friday and it was, it was nine o'clock and I was in a meeting and I I was sitting there thinking about wine Damn, it's 9 a.m and you're thinking about wine so I, I made a decision right this is probably not good did take me time though. So I back to the fizzy drink and then we'll go back to the alcohol. But the fizzy drink, I would say you could add water with it. So add a soda water with it or add some sparkling mineral water with it. So you're still having a fizzy drink, but maybe half, half, add some ice cubes and just spend some time maybe thinking about a day that you don't have it. Is it the same with also like the diet variations or the sugar-free variations? Like what's the difference absolutely. there? No, yeah. no, no, I would, absolutely. That would be my key thing as well. Go for a sugar-free option. That could be a really great alternative and, and the diet option. So you're instantly, you know, you're still having a fizzy drink. There's still the, uh, again, there's still the habit of, you know, opening the bottle and hearing the fears, all that kind of stuff. It's all, it's all emotional. It's all mental, right? So that would generally help you as well. So it's just how do you just make small changes over time? And what you will find as well is they're very sweet and your palate does change. It's a little bit like putting a sugar in a coffee. Mm -hmm. If you, rather than saying, I'm going to cut my sugar all together and then hating the coffee, just go down in increments over a yeah. period of time and you will find that your palate does change and you can't, over time, you don't like coffee with yeah. sugar in it. Um, I say with chocolate, I started I was- going down with um, from milk chocolate. I started, to, you know, going into dark chocolate and at first it wasn't as much and then you, now I can only eat 80% dark chocolate. Yes. And milk chocolate, I'm like, oh, it just doesn't taste the same. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't. And it's amazing. It's a little bit also with salt as well. So yeah. salt is another issue we can have, we can spend some time on another day, but 
we consume as much salt as we do with sugar, but no one tends to talk about that. But salt is a, is a big issue as well. So with the alcohol, personal experience, I, I went to sparkling mineral water and I drank sparkling mineral water out of a wine glass for many oh, yeah. months. And I didn't just cut it out. I just, I used to have it every day and just, I tried to cut it down in increments over time. Did that for many, many months. And then I just stopped one day, just stopped. And the thing for me as well is that I really like sweets and well not sweets but I do have a sweet tooth so if I have the option I'd prefer to have my dessert so that that's yeah. for me that's kind of how I that's my food swap I'm like you know I'll leave the wine but I'm going to definitely have a look at the dessert menu so it's just about balance so yeah I would say fizzy drinks alcohol and then another one I would say sauces so you know people we tend to eat a lot of sauces whether it be on salads or dressings or tomato sauce or and some of them are really laced with salt and sugar. So I would say that could be another another thing you can have a look at as well. And your dressings, like, like even balsamic vinegar, it's very sweet. And it's, you know, there's some killer jewels in that. So you might think of, you know, an alternative there. Olive oil, you know, extra virgin olive oil is, is great on a salad. And it's a really healthy fat as well for you to consume. So there's three. I do have 10. The sugar in the coffee is is another one as well. That's a really good old, you know, good option. Um, yes, but yeah, that's kind of I would I would say I don't really like to say foods that you shouldn't eat. Yeah. I think that is too restrictive, and I think that there's issues with restrictive eating and disordered eating. So I would say, again, speak to a health professional, get some really good advice, and what's going to work for you it might not work for everybody. So, but there's lots of little life hacks that you might be able to kind of incorporate over time to help just live a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, that's great. And so to finish off, you mentioned life hacks. Could you give us a few tips on ways to break out bad habits as a starting point? Sure. Um, I would say keep it simple. So if you've got a goal, what is that goal? It doesn't necessarily have to be exercise or training orientated or diet orientated. It could be taking time out for five minutes meditation. I would say Keep it simple. So if you're going to set a goal for yourself, keep it simple. I think anything that's too drastic, it's very hard to maintain it. My other tips, again, as I mentioned a couple of times, it really is about a marathon. And that goes back to keeping it simple as well. Small steps over time, and you're definitely more likely to maintain a healthier lifestyle long term. It really is about creating healthy habits. So when I say healthy habits, don't like restrictive eating, don't like fad diets. And this is just based on information and scientific evidence that, you know, fad diets don't work. So if you go and see a trainer and they say, let's try a low carb or let's try a keto or paleo, or they're really great ideas, but there's no evidence to show that long-term fad diets actually work. They're a good option if you want to lose weight fast, but scientific evidence shows that fad diets don't work. And if anything, you there is a high proportion of people that go on fad diets that actually weigh heavier at the end. So you've got to keep that metabolism going. You've got to eat when you're hungry. There is a lot of information out there and it's very tricky to navigate. So I would say another one of my tips would be get really good advice. If you want to go and see a trainer about exercising, make sure they're a credible trainer, an exercise physiologist, or they've got some kind of training background. So whether they're an ex-athlete or they've got some university qualifications, that's definitely a tip that I would have. And I would say, don't be so hard on yourself. I think, you know, it's really challenging and life is difficult and making change is extremely challenging. And I think just be good to yourselves, seek really good advice, but, but also just eat the cake. 
moderation um, <laughs> and it's yeah. a saturated fat so you know people talk about saturated fat and trans fat and mono and polo and what does all that mean it's about getting good, good some good information from a nutritionist or a dietitian yeah lovely and I guess it's thinking about your health as a whole as you mentioned it's not a sprint it's a lifelong change to your overall lifestyle what a great chat with Sam. There were heaps of great little gold nuggets of information there. I'll summarize a few of the key takeaways. First one being seek professional advice as a starting point. You want to make sure that you're getting advice from an accredited person that's got those qualifications. So a great place to start there. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Very important. Long-term goals. Number three, listen to your body. Listen to what it needs to remain healthy and everyone is different. What works for somebody else doesn't necessarily work for you. Number four, aim for 30 minutes of movement a day. And as Sam said, it doesn't need to be in one chunk or it doesn't need to be strictly going to the gym. It could be anything from dance, yoga, or even just general movement. So get off that chair at lunchtime and and go for a bit of a walk if you can. And number five, and I think most importantly, keep it simple. Set a goal and don't put too much pressure on yourself. Well, that concludes our very first episode. To get in touch with Sam, see her website, morethan-fitness.com.au. You can find her on Facebook at morethanfitness2020 or find her on Instagram at underscore morethanfitness. I hope you got a lot out of that episode. I sure did. Please make sure to leave a review or any feedback through your podcast provider and stay tuned for more exciting health and wellness inspirational episodes to come. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.